Hello and welcome to Live Zone Sports, where we will be talking about a lot of good things today. Um, to all the NBA fans, we got some topics for you tonight. Uh, we're going to stay with the NBA, but for all the NFL fans, MLB fans, and NHL fans, you can see that on our YouTube next week when we start talking about more sports and we start going out into... I don't want to say different topics, but um, different topics and different sports. I'll put it that way. Um, we are going to start talking about uh, NBA head coaches. But before we do that, I'm CJ. I'm Bobby. And let's get started. All right. What we like about the new NBA coaches? All right, so let's start off with talking about uh, a few of the new coaches. Um, we're going to go with uh, Udoka, uh, Coach Udoka for the Boston Celtics. Um, so Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart recruited and pitched the idea to Brad Stevens um, about having Udoka be the coach. Uh he coached them in the Olympics, I believe. I think this is a great, great signing for the Celtics. He brings toughness. He brings a defensive mind, which we need. Um, what do you think, CJ? Honestly, uh, I didn't see it coming. It, it's a shock to me. Yep. I didn't think. I didn't think that this was the direction that they were going in. Uh, do I love it? Uh, I don't really know much about it, to be honest with you, other than, you know, he coached some of our players before. Uh, and, you know, they seem to like him a lot. But then again, that could also be a hit or miss because if you like your coach, will you respect him enough when, you know, he doesn't act nice towards you or, like, will, will push you, you know what I mean? So, like, like, I like it for now. But we have to see what other moves they make during the season because with the team that we have, I don't think that we can get to where we want to be at. I agree. I think uh, the Boston Celtics, they need – we need a point guard. We need a true point guard. Uh, we said in the last uh, video podcast that we actually have up on YouTube right now, um, I said Alonzo Ball. Uh, <laughs> maybe – bring in uh, Rajon Rondo again. Something that's going to, you know, improve the team with passing and assists, you know, and the point guard for the Celtics don't need to score. We have the scoring. We have Jason Tatum. We have Jalen Brown. And, you know, Al Horford's a bucket. Obviously. I think, I think we need we need to go, we need to get the point guard and we need to get one more big and maybe we just sprinkle in, you know, a bench player, a good bench player. And believe it or not, maybe sign uh, Evan Fournier again. Uh, that's something they could look at. But I'm looking at maybe go after Serge Ibaka if you can. I don't know. What do you think? All right. So what I think with the Celtics is I think it's very hard because, you know, everybody is saying that, oh, we need a point guard. Oh, we need a point guard. We need this. We need that. We need a big. We need this. We need shooters. And you know what? I don't think you need another starting point guard right now. I think you got your guy. And I think that guy is Marcus Smart. I think he brings defense. He brings hustle. He brings toughness. 
He knows what he's doing, and, you know, he's a good passer, and he can shoot sometimes as well. I think what the Celtics need to do is they need to build their bench. I think our starting lineup with Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and Robert Williams, I think that is a very good starting lineup. I think that, you know, Marcus Smart being in that starting lineup is going to, you know, bring it all together because all these players have played with each other before. I think what you have to do is you have to go sign that Evan Fournier. I do agree with that. But I think you also need to go out. You need to get a backup point guard. And honestly, get Jabari Parker again. Jabari Parker was great when we needed him. Uh, he was uh, he gave Jason Tatum a breather when he needed it. And you know what? He put up good numbers too, which you didn't haven't seen since he was in Milwaukee. So I think that you know he got the chance that he needed. And I think that they should bring him back as well. I agree. I, I agree with your points with Jabari Parker. Um, very underrated for when he just came in. Oh, uh, I, think he, I think he did his thing. Yeah, nobody thought. Nobody thought that he was going to be. Everybody thought that this guy was just, you know, a bust. But, you know, he, he's starting to remind me of that Grant Hill type of player where he was great in the beginning. Yep. He had a lot of injuries, you know what I mean? It is what it is. But, you know, later in his career, he can be that, you know, sixth man, seventh man on the bench, and he can he can put up some numbers for his team, you know what I mean? And he could do some damage. And, you know, that's what I like about Jabari Parker. And I feel like, you know, he's a he's definitely a need on the team right now because he was probably the best backup for Tatum that we had since... Um, Honestly, I can't even think of one. So, I think yeah, he was—he's probably the best backup he had for like Tatum since you know Jay Crowder. Crowder, Crowder could shoot. Crowder could defend. Um, believe me, I wish we could get Crowder back, but that's you know that's long gone. But um, I agree with your point on Marcus Smart. He could definitely run the point. Uh, but we also have a young kid. That could run the point too, and that's Pritchard. Pritchard can shoot that three. Yep. And he can pass the ball. He just needs seasoning. And that's what, like, any young player, um, maybe they go that route. Maybe they go the Rondo route. Maybe they go the Lonzo Paul route. But whatever they do, they need to do something. We, like, the Celtics have the Nets to compete with. They have, you know, Milwaukee. The Sixers are going to be an up and down thing. We don't know what's happening with Ben Simmons, and um, what's going to happen with that? They're probably going to trade him. But you got to watch out for those Hawks. Yep, I was just about to say, you can't forget about the Hawks. Watch out for them. Um, so honestly, with if I'm being dead ass honest with you. The one person I'm going out and getting is I'm going out and getting Bradley Bale. I love Jalen Brown. You know, he's that one-two punch for Tatum. But I feel like, you know, I feel like Bradley Bale would be a better fit for what we got going on now. And as of right now, you know, like I said in the last podcast, the last YouTube video, whatever it was, we have to go after Brogdon. 
If you're going out and if you're going to get a starting point guard, that's the only other starting point guard that I would say, you know what? Yeah, we'll put Marcus Smart on the bench. Yep. <laughs> I think we can both agree on the Celtics have to get shooting and they have to get defense. Yeah, I would focus personally for me. We if we get Bradley Beal, the Boston Celtics are, you know, top five team in the league with Bradley yeah. Beal and Jason Tatum just alone. And then you sprinkle in some Horford and then you sprinkle in Robert Williams and uh, Marcus Samar. If you can keep him that, that team right there, this championship contender. Yep. Uh, but uh, we can uh, shift focus to another team that is uh, that just actually received a new coach. And that's the Indiana Pacers. Ooh. All right. So, you want my honest opinion on this? I want your honest opinion. The Pacers made probably the best underrated decision that they could have made right there. Really? You think that? I think that hit that Rick and Luca was a dynamic duo. I feel like that could have been like a fill in a fill in Michael type of thing. Like that that those two had, you know, something special going on. And then, you know what I mean? It, stuff happens. Like, you know, you don't put a team behind Luca. That's that's going to be problems in the office. So what does the office do? Instead of taking the blame for the GM, they fire the coach. They let him go, which I think was a huge mistake on Dallas's part. I mean, they did get, you know, Jason Kidd, which we will talk about later, but... At the same time, man, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like that they got a special coach coming to Indiana, and I and I feel like if you see them in the playoffs next year, don't be surprised because that coach is a great coach. Now I am gonna agree with you on this. I think uh, Rick Carlisle is actually a very underrated coach. Uh, there was rumors going around that him and Luca had a rift and you know when you have a rift between your superstar and your coach who are you going to get rid of you're going to get rid of the coach yeah it just happens every time uh, i mean lebron has done it multiple times so it, that's no surprise rick carlisle br like brings out the best in young players correct he brings out the best version of that player he, you know, he brought them to a championship. Um, he beat the Heat. Correct. And, like, the big three. You know, no one thought that the Not Dallas it. Mavericks could beat that big three. And, you know, the, the players did it, but that coach did it. He did it. Yep. And not even just that. He, you got to look at what Dallas had to go through to get there. True. They had to go through Kobe. They had to go through Timmy. Yep. They had to go through Miami. And who else did they beat to get to Miami? Whatever team it was. I'm pretty sure it was... Uh, almost positive it was uh, Phoenix at the time. I think it was Phoenix with Steve Nash. And, yeah. you know, they... They, <laughs> they dominated... That 11 team was built different, and um, 
honestly, I don't think you could have gotten better than what you got there. Uh, you know, he made, he, he, he saw what Derek had. He, he put that potential there. And, you know, he saw what Luca had. He put Luca's potential there. And, you know what I mean? That's the thing that I was talking about with the mentality thing. You know, not everybody has that mentality. And, you know, with Kobe, when he had Phil Jackson, it was if, you know, he said something, the coach was right, I should get better, not, oh, you're wrong. We should, you know, I have a problem with you type of thing. Um, the only time that Kobe really had a problem uh, was when the GM didn't get players to put around him. And uh, I think that, you know, Luca showed his true new generation there. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was a, you know, bad decision on Luca's hand to put that out there and, you know, put out the question of, you know, do I want to stay in Dallas and that type of thing. But, uh, no, honestly, Indiana got a great coach. And, you know, with great players like DeMontis Sabonis and, you know, if Malcolm Brogdon stays and, you know, Miles Turner, you know, they're going to be good, you know, and you can't count them out. No, you got to watch out for Indiana next year, definitely. Uh, I could see them being, you know, the fifth seed, the fourth seed, fourth or fifth, just because of Rick Carlisle. I think Rick Carlisle is just, you know, he's a motivator. He motivates his team. Exactly, and that's what you look for in a coach. Um, we can shift gears. We talked about the Pacers. How about we go with, here we go, Rick Carlisle's old team, the Dallas Mavericks. All right, so there's no mistaking on what I'm going to say here. As you just heard before, I think it was a huge mistake. Now, did they get the best replacement that they could have gotten for him? The answer is yes. Jason Kidd is a very underrated coach. And to be honest with you, there wouldn't be a Giannis if there wasn't a Jason Kidd, because Jason Kidd was the was the person that made Giannis rise, you know, when when Giannis needed somebody, Jason Kidd was that guy, and then you know when Giannis outgrew Jason Kidd, they got rid of him. Like I like you said about Rick, you know, Jason Kidd is very good with young players, and I feel like if you were gonna go out and if you were gonna fire Rick, you had to. Get somebody like him, and Jason Kidd was that guy. Now, the Jason Kidd move, I do agree, is uh, <laughs> is the best move that the Dallas Mavericks could have made. Uh, Jason Kidd, like you just, you know, you kind of said it all. Uh, he kind of made Giannis, uh, kind of developed him where, you know, Giannis could grow and to be the superstar he is today. And, um, you know, Jason Kidd's been sitting behind as an assistant coach for the L.A. Lakers. He now has coached A.D. He's coached LeBron. He's coached uh, Rondo. You know, he's coached a lot of big personalities that I think that he can take on a Luka easily. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with that. But then again, we thought that Rick and him had a good relationship until this year. So, I mean, maybe there's something there, you know? Maybe what happens if he can't control Luca? 
You never know. Maybe it's a Luca problem. You never know. I guess we're going to find out. Um, We got another interesting coaching, you know, decision going on, and it's not official, but uh, it looks like Chauncey Billups is going to be the next head coach of Portland. And the top two, you know, candidates for that job were Chauncey Billups and Becky Hammond, who has been behind – uh popovich in san antonio for seven years and you know i personally think becky was fit for the portland job and here comes you know women versus men i think that's the reason why you know you give chauncey that chauncey's only been an assistant coach for one year on the clippers yeah becky she deserves it but I don't think the NBA is ready, if that's fair to say. But she deserves it. And uh, what do you think on that? Well, we talked about this last time on our last podcast. And I do agree that Becky did fit the Portland Trailblazers system. But you got to remember, Chauncey Billups is a great defensive and offensive mind on both sides of the court. So if you're asking me who i rather have as my coach, I'm going to take the person that won a championship and was part of a team that, you know, could get there and uh, had leadership to get there. And not even just that, Chauncey Billups was a bust at the beginning. You know, nobody wanted him. And, you know, then he comes out to the Detroit Pistons and he shows up. So he's, he has that fire in him too to, you know, you know, put – players on the map like that so i think portland got a great coach i feel like the celtics should have went after him and i feel like he's going to be a force to reckon with and don't be surprised if portland you know shows up in the playoffs next year and beats and denver nuggets or beats uh dallas mavericks or beats uh utah jazz or something like that or an LA lakers because they're gonna have a great coach right behind them if they do pick Chauncey, and I'm pretty sure it was already official. I'm pretty sure last time I looked, they had a two-year deal going on. Yeah, I think you can never be surprised with having Dame Lillard on your team. You can never be surprised. That's it's Dame time. That dude is a superstar. Both candidates, like Phillips and uh, Becky Hammond, were great. I. I'm going to go the other direction. I think Becky should have got, you know, the nod because, you know, learning behind Greg Popovich is a big thing. And she's been there seven years putting in that work. And her time will come. Her time will come. And that's, you know, we'll see. We'll see when that happens. We'll see what team that is. But in right now, the NBA is not ready for a woman coach. And that's clear. I think Portland got the best available, you know, uh, coach that they wanted. And like you said, don't be surprised. Portland is dangerous. They're very, very dangerous. They always have been dangerous. And that was that would be another team that I could see Bradley Bill getting traded to for CJ McCollum. That would be insane. Insane to have Jane Lillard and Bradley Bill. Yeah, that would that would be scary. Um, that'd be real scary. We'll get into the last coach in the NBA that you know, um, it's looking like it. And you know, I it, since you're on the topic of you know, woman uh, head coaches in the NBA, Stan Van Gundy 
just got fired from the New Orleans Pelicans. And yeah. the, the runner-up for it right now, the person that they want to be their head coach, is Teresa Weatherspoon, their assistant coach. And um, I feel like it's a great move for New Orleans, you know. Uh, assistant coach that's been there for a few years, uh, working her ass off, you know, what working with the players all the time, having a good relationship with players like Zion, Lonzo, and Ingram. And also, not just that, she has a basketball mind as well. So, I feel like it's a good, you know, start for women's head coaches. Is If I was to start it up, I would start it up in New Orleans because you have those young players like Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. You know what I mean, and I feel like I feel like if it's gonna be the place to do it, it's gonna be New Orleans. I agree, that's a good start. But I'm gonna take a page out of my idol, you know, from first take, Stephen A. I'm gonna be like, sign that woman. She's a bad woman, Becky Hammond. We just got into it. I mean, seven years behind pop. So, like, get that as your head coach, New Orleans. Like, that is the piece you want. Imagine having Becky as the head coach and then having the other one as the assistant. That would be groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Right. Would love but to see it. Time. At the same time, like you're saying with, you know, what groundbreaking and everything. Yes, but you also have to look at it in the perspective that this is not the WNBA. You know, the NBA teams, they want male coaches. So I don't think you're going to see a team that has two female coaches until another five or ten years when all this BS with interracial and all that and, you know, sex and all that, you know, that shit doesn't matter. So, therefore, I think that you could do it, uh, but chances are it's very slim. And what, the, what they're looking at right now is they're trying to keep their office, you know, happy. And it, a lot of the players want Teresa Weatherspoon in the head coach front office like that type of thing because of the way that she you know the way that she works with the players and if Becky was to come in out of nowhere and be like hey guys I'm here you know I don't know how the players would feel about that especially with Zion not wanting to stay there right now I feel like you got to make him as happy as possible and having Teresa Weatherspoon in that head coach situation I feel like that's the best bet for the Pelicans right now if they want to keep Zion in a Pelicans uniform uh, I I I definitely agree, but I do think that Zion will be out of New Orleans in the next coming years. It's possible. It's very possible. I mean, Kobe said the same thing about the Lakers, making that greats and everything that wanted to leave that never did. Uh, you had Jordan that want, was thinking about getting traded because he didn't want to be there. You had Scottie Pippen that didn't want to be in Chicago anymore, but he stayed until Jordan left. I mean, there's a lot of players that didn't leave that wanted to. So, I mean, this could be one of those type of things. This could be one of those LeBron type of things. But, 
you never know until it happens, but I feel like if if they keep Zion happy and if they put Teresa Weatherspoon in the front uh, head coach spot and they get some more pieces around him, I feel like Zion's going to be fine and I feel like they're going to, you know, cooperate and you're going to see Zion in the Pelicans uniform for a long time if that happens. Now, if it doesn't happen, yes, I do see him moving. Where do I see him moving? I see him moving to the Memphis Grizzlies or the New York Knicks to either go play with R.J. Barrett or to go play with John Morant. You definitely took the words right out of my mouth. I was going with Memphis and New York by a landslide. That's the two teams that I could see Zion definitely going to. And if he leaves... I'm going to put my money on New York. I, I can see it. I can see it because, you know, New York is a big marketplace. A lot of people want to play there, you know, that type of thing. I get it. And, you know, I could see that happening. But at the same time, if you want to know what I think, I think he will be staying in New Orleans for a long time. That's where my mind's at. That's that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say sign that man to a big deal. Get him Teresa Weatherspoon as his head coach and put pieces around him. And the New Orleans Pelicans will finally be the championship team that they should have been years ago. Let's hope they're smart enough to do all those things. Yep. Now, let's... Uh, so, we covered all, pretty much all the NBA coaches. Um, NBA playoffs. Some interesting stuff has happened. Very interesting. So I'm going to start with this. Welcome back, my boy, Chris Paul. Welcome back. Uh, I'm glad to see that Chris Paul is now playing again. You know, definitely liking the Phoenix Suns' chances, even though they did lose a game with Chris Paul. I feel like they're going to go bounce back. I don't feel like, you know, Reggie Jackson can have 23 points, 25 points a game. So I feel like, you know, they will be outmatched, especially when it gets down in the stretch. Um, I'm saying Phoenix and I'll give them six. I'll say Phoenix and six in this one. Yeah, I would agree with you. I see Phoenix and six. I see Chris Paul having a big game the next game. I also see the book. I see, you know, having a really good game um he did break you know his nose in three different places but in you know he's got that kobe mentality he's yeah he had an off game and you know kobe had off games he, but d book is the closest thing we have seen since kobe bryant that is a hot take but that is the truth d book is Kobe reincarnated? So, all right. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that yeah. I'm gonna say yes to that for now. For now, well, the only reason why I say for now is because the one person that you're gonna see overlook Devin Booker, and it's gonna be in a few years, and that's going to be Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is a great, phenomenal player. Has that mentality, and he is. 
you know, going to go off on that Kobe streak that, you know, he scores 40, 50 points a game in, in the last 30 games or whatever it was, hit a few buzzer beaters, you're going to see Jason Tatum be the next Kobe Bryant. So, therefore, I can't agree with you that he's the reincarnation of Kobe, but I will say that he is the closest thing we have seen to Kobe for now. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. Jason Tatum, you know, Jason... He trained with Kobe, like, nonstop. Jason, he's got that Mamba mentality, too. Agree to disagree. I think Jason Tatum and D-Book are going to be the two best superstars. Give it two years. In the league. They're going to be the stars of the league. Yes and no. You can't forget about people like Luca and Trey. It's definitely not going to be just them two. You're going to have a you know good you know seven cast there like you have now. That like you know if you ran seven you know NBA players right now, they could run with the greats. That's the type of thing you're going to see with the new generation that's coming up. Because you got Devin Booker, you got Jason Tatum, you got Luca, you got Trey, you got you know Donovan Mitchell, you got. LaMelo Ball that's going to be coming up, you know, you got Zion Williamson, John Morant, you know, and um, I I see this being one of the best generations of basketball when it ends, but uh, with the time being, let's stop talking about, you know, Boston Celtics because they're not really in the playoffs. Uh, let's go back to Phoenix Suns, and we cannot forget to talk about DeAndre Ayton's Put back, dunk, alley-oop to win the game. That We were watching that game, and I called that. I literally called it right before it happened. I said, give it to DeAndre Ayton, because D-Book was having an off game. Yeah, you sure did. You did. You called that. And uh, Ayton, he, he's a beast. That dude is a beast now. You know, what is it to say? He reminds me of a young... Amari Stoudemire for that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could say that. Um, the the person that I was gonna say is, you know, with all the centers and stuff right now, he's kind of, uh, he's reminding me of uh, a little bit of a Hakeem to his team type of thing, but also a little bit of uh, uh, Dwight Howard mixed in with it. Dwight Howard, yeah. No, that's that's a great take, Dwight Howard. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that 100%. DeAndre Ayton, he's on another level for some reason in these, like, even during the regular season, this Phoenix Sun team was running through people, but quietly, you know? They yep. were really quiet, and no one was giving them a chance. But like I said in the last podcast, these guys without Chris Paul went 10-0 and in the bubble. 10-0. and That's something that they built on, then they got Chris Paul, and now their young players have just grown into stars. You know, you wouldn't give DeAndre Ayton superstar, you know, right now, but D-Book, he is so close. And then you add in Chris Paul, an all-star. Which is a <laughs> like, bona, bona fide all-star, bona fide, you know, NBA. Oh, yeah, definitely. Probably, probably the best point guard in the league right now behind, you know, Steph Curry and Damian Lillard. I would say Chris Paul is the best pure point guard in the league. 
If you're going yeah. strictly by pure. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, but yeah, Chris Paul, he's, I, I put him at number three in my point guards list right now. Right behind Steph and right behind Damian Lillard. Yeah, I would agree with, um, like, right now. But, like, with passing-wise, yeah, I, I'd give it. I'd give it to Chris Paul all day. Well, yeah, of course you would because that's, you know, what he does. But he makes big shots when he needs to. Yep. Big shots. Chris Paul is unbelievable. He is – if he could stop getting hurt, he'd probably be one of the clutchest and one of the most reliable NBA players out there. Now, do you think on the other side, we've been talking a lot about the Suns, but how about those Clippers? You know, they came back, they won a game, and without Kawhi, can they make a comeback to make this a series? No. No, I agree. No. Here's the reason why I say that. To win a game, right, you needed Paul George... To, you know, go out there and look like Pacers Paul George, which he did. He did exactly what he needed to do. He looked like the old Paul George from 2014, which is what the Clippers needed. Uh, But you can't expect players like Reggie Jackson or uh, Pat Beverly or... Uh, Zubak, you can't you can't expect these players to put up twenty points a game a night uh, behind the three of them because they're very inconsistent and they're not very reliable players. I yeah, feel like what, what a, go ahead, go ahead. I feel like if the Clippers need to win this series, what needs to happen is you need these players to start clicking with Paul George, and you need Paul George to start being this. Uh, phenom that he used to be, and I don't think I don't think that the Clippers can do that right now. I I totally agree. You can't have just Paul George, you know, going off, and it worked this time, and that's great. But you know, you got people like you were saying, uh, Jackson, Beverly, you know, uh, they got even Nicholas Batum, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't rely on them. And then Terrence Mann, who just came out of nowhere, you know, lighting it up. But you can't rely on that. The only superstar you have on the Clippers right now without Kawhi is Paul, Paul George. And that cannot be this young stud Phoenix Sun team with Chris Paul now. You cannot win a seven-game series. I will put a guarantee on that. There's no possible way that the Clippers come back and win. I do not see it. If I'm wrong, anybody can call me out on it, but I don't see it. Now, here's the thing about the Clippers. If you want to really talk about the Clippers, let's talk about them. You have Kawhi Leonard that controlled a team that he wasn't really putting up the numbers that he should have been when he was you know, on either Toronto or San Antonio. You have Paul George that looked like a shell of himself when Kawhi Leonard was there because Kawhi was running the show. And then you have, you know, role players that should have been stars such as Pat Beverly, such as Reggie Jackson, such as Nicholas Batum, such as Serge Ibaka, such as all these players. And um, to be honest, Kawhi Leonard 
doesn't fit the same game as Paul George, and that's why you haven't seen them succeed lately. And uh, they got to make a change, and I don't think they will, so I don't think you'll be seeing that team win a championship anytime soon. I agree. Uh, I think we both can agree that we're going to see Phoenix in the NBA Finals. Yes, sir. And let's switch over to the East. And, uh, you know, Milwaukee and the Hawks. The Hawks are a very good team that are so underrated that, come on, at the beginning of the NBA season, you're like, it's not going to be the Hawks. It's going to be the 76ers. It's going to be the Nets. You know, the super team Nets. Now, we're here, and we got Milwaukee versus the Hawks. We're at one-to-one. Milwaukee just blew them out. What do you think happens next game? So, before we get into that, I do want to let you know that I don't know when I said it and who I said it to, but we were talking about it last time. I did say watch out for the Hawks. You did. You sure did. That was the one thing I said about the NBA this year is watch out for the Hawks because they are going to be a great team with the pieces that they added. Now, um, talking about the one-and-one, Atlanta came out strong first game, you know. It, it was hard to beat them because, you know, Trey Young just, he could not be guarded at all. And, you know, uh, game two, which happened yesterday, yep. um, by the time you see this, it will be later on in the day. But uh, yesterday, you know, looking at it, this is what worries me about this Hawks team is they do not have defense. They do not have any defense whatsoever. Uh, Do I think they're still going to come out of it? Yes. I do think they're going to come out of it. Is it going to be hard, though? Yes, you most certainly have to think that's going to be hard with the defensive defensive pursuing that they put up yesterday. Um, I'm going to say Milwaukee takes a 2-1 lead. Here's why. Milwaukee is that type of team where when they're down, they're going to, you know, come back up and they're going to win games and they're going to be fine. Atlanta is going to go down 2-1 and then you're going to see Trey Young just activate like that quicker than a snap. And what's going to happen is they're going to go up 3-2 and then after that, Milwaukee's going to win the sixth game, and then you're going to see Atlanta win game seven. Oh, you got to go in seven. Yep. Okay, and I will say I do not see the Hawks going to the finals, and here's my reason why. Um, I agree you can't hold Trey Young to 15 points every game. That's not going to happen. I do agree it's going to go seven. I just think Milwaukee is deeper. If you have Giannis going 25 points, you got Lopez going 16, and you got Holiday hitting uh, for 22, and then you sprinkle in some Middleton for 15, if you can consistently do that, they're going to win that series easily. That being said... Trey Young is going to win the Hawks some games to make this go to seven. I do see Milwaukee going up 2-1. 
I do see the Hawks winning and making it 2-2. I do see, you know, Milwaukee winning again and then the Hawks winning and then Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's just deeper and the Hawks are there. They're not ready just yet. They're close. And if you want my opinion, I would love the Hawks to go against, you know, Phoenix. That would be a great NBA championship. But we're going to see Chris Paul, Devin Booker versus Giannis and Middleton. We're going to see that. We're going to see that market. So it could happen. I'm not saying it can't happen because of the defensive perspective on that Atlanta side. But here's where I say you're wrong with that. You say that Milwaukee is deeper. I'm going to disagree with you that with that hard core because you have players like Trey Young, you have Bogdan, you have Kevin Hurter, uh, you have John Collins, Clint Capella, you have Gallinari, you have Lou Will, you have Cam Reddish, you have DeAndre Hunter, and you have Omeka. And Chris Dunn? Uh, nah, I, I don't think they're deeper at all. I just think that the Hawks just need to get it together. That's all that I think and, needs to happen. And then my thing would be, well, you know, the, the Hawks have some names, yes. But you got, on the Bucks side, you got Giannis, you got P.J. Tucker, you got Brooke Lopez, you got Holiday, you got Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis, uh, uh, Conkton, and um, you got Giannis's, uh little brother and you got jeff teague jeff teague is not a bum he can get a bucket he is a bucket so i think just being that i think the bucks are deeper that way yeah i mean pj tucker is crazy on the defensive side and i think i think the defense for the bucks will be too hard for you know to overcome for the Hawks. But like I said, it's going to go seven. You got Hawks. I got bucks and let's see what happens. I mean, I won't be mad with either. I think both teams are deserving. And I think the bucks, that's just my opinion. And you got the, you got Hawks and Trey young, dude. I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for picking the Hawks at all. We'll see. We're going to see what happens, but I, Milwaukee got this. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. I can't argue. I like your picks. I give LeBron the three strictly because of, you know, people thinking he's one. But oh, Kareem is hard to argue. And I got Kareem in my top five. But are you a lock at that top three? Locked and loaded? Locked and loaded forever or locked and loaded right now? Oh, you want to go forever? What, what do you think is going to be the forever? At the end of the day, and a lot of people are going to disagree with me because of how young he is, but at the end of the day, I see it being Jordan, Kobe, and then Luca. Hot take, hot take. Very hot take, but at the end of the day, you know, looking at the NBA right now, he's the closest thing I've seen to a generational talent like that. I think at the end of the day, 
you're going to see those three be in the top seats. Now, do you have LeBron in your top five or no? Right now? Right now, yeah. Yes. So right now, he is number five on my list. Uh, reason being for this is because I'm very old school and you know a lot of people don't realize like what like they see and everything uh, when it comes to basketball so they think of oh flashiness and all that when they don't think about leadership they don't think about passing they don't think about defense they don't think about anything um, so my four is Larry Bird oh Larry Legend Larry, Larry Bird, Bird is phenomenal he's probably what you know i give him number three on best shooters list okay i i give him i give him number i give him number one in small forwards of all time and i give him you know in boston celtics history he's number one and that's not being biased on anything because I'm a Celtics fan. Because if I was biased, I would tell you that Bill Russell is the best. Right, which I right. Disagree with. I disagree with completely. I don't mm-hmm. care about the 11 championships because there was only six teams at that time. So I don't really care about that. But exactly. when it comes down to who you want as a leader on your team, I'm picking Larry Bird before I pick LeBron. I like it. I do like it a lot. I think LeBron is top five. I think LeBron, he can be as high as number three and as low as five. And I think that, I think that's respectable. And I think, you know, other people like the new generation are going to be like LeBron, LeBron, but you didn't see Michael play. You obviously didn't do your research. Well, no, put it this way, put it this way for all the new kids out there that are just watching basketball now, that are just praising LeBron James. First of all, you never watched Kobe, and you weren't born for Michael Jordan. True. So, you know, for all the kids out there that think LeBron is the best and everything, and there's going to be a lot of you. There's, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, it's just going to be, you know, here and there type of people. No, you're going to come back with a lot of, Bad things being said about Michael. A lot of bad things being said about Kobe. And blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. My, uh, LeBron is so much better in these categories. and blah. Like, But when it came down to, you know, GOAT conversation, greatest of all time, what makes the greatest of great, uh, what makes the greatest of all time the greatest of all time is winning. Winning, yep. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kareem and Larry Bird won in their career more than LeBron could ever do. No, that's true. Yep, that is 100% true. And you could even make the judgment with Magic Johnson at five instead of LeBron. You could. I, I could see that. And you could also, you know, what about at the end of the careers now? You could... You could sprinkle in KD, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a pure scorer. I don't. know. The only, no. the only I, reason I, why you don't is because he's joined all these super teams. No. The reason why I don't is because... Let's, let's you know, say no super teams and everything. 
I will take LeBron over Kevin Durant any day of the week. Really? Any day of the week. LeBron is better than Kevin Durant. I will give him that. But when you put him up against greats like Larry Bird, Kareem, Michael, and Kobe, and you compare him to them, I shut down with you. I, I let you think what you want, but here's, at the end of the day, hear what I'm telling you. The greatest of all time wins the most. They have the most best. They have the best plays. They have the best defensive calls. They have the best leadership. They win the most. They, mm-hmm. you know, listen to the coaches. They make history, and LeBron's made tons of history. But he needed a team to do it. You watch Michael Jordan highlights. You watch Magic Johnson highlights. You watch Larry Bird highlights. You watch Kareem highlights, and you watch. Uh, I think it was Jordan. It was either Jordan or Kobe that I missed. You watch those guys' highlights, and you tell me in their eyes that they're not better than LeBron, that they didn't want it more than LeBron, that they didn't, that they took it less seriously than LeBron. And you come back to me and you tell me that, I'll give you your props because you think that. But until then, you're not going to find better than the five I just gave you. I agree. I agree with your. Uh, I agree with your five. I mean, ours is a little different, but there's no arguing here. No arguing. I, I, you know, MJ is like no other. And for all you little kids out there, or all you new generation, um, you know, before you watch the new Space Jam, how about you go watch that other Space Jam that came out in the '90s? I'll tell you. I'm telling you right now, you'll enjoy it more. <laughs> well, not even just that, but like the fire, the fire mm-hmm. that they had, you know, the, the 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 explaining that they did, you know. I when I played basketball, the one thing that I did is I always listened and I always watched every single move, every single thing that they said, and you know, it clicked. You know, when I was listening to Kobe, when I was listening to Michael, basketball clicked. When I listen to LeBron, it's like, okay, cool, like, flashy, cool, like, yeah, whatever, you know, like, like, this, like, this is what people like, like, this, this is the type of stuff that I'll get from somebody that doesn't like basketball, that's like, oh, this is why basketball's shit, you know, like, yeah. and then I'll explain to them, like, no, like, like, the best thing that I could give you an example of is when Kobe Bryant compared basketball to a chess game. Your first move guided your second move. Your second move guided your third move. You knew what you were doing before you did it. And it's like a puzzle. It's literally like a puzzle game. You know, and and that's the beauty of basketball. That's that that's why I love the game of basketball is because it's not it, it's more of a it's more of a melody yeah. in your head than a game. You know what I mean? Like you can solve the puzzle every single time. Uh, but that's just the passion in me that I got from having that mentality, from having that, you know, fire in me, just like Michael, just like Kobe, you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't think LeBron has that. And I don't think that there's any comparison there. And until these kids and until these people start getting that, 
I think you're going to have people that are saying LeBron's the GOAT and everything. Because I have people that come up to me and be like, oh, LeBron's the GOAT because i never seen Kobe or Michael Jordan. Like, no. Like, that's not that... that you're not talking realistically then because you're not talking about all of history of NBA. Exactly. Like, if you're just talking about what you've seen, okay, let's talk about what I've seen. I watched Co- I watched Kobe all my life. You know what I mean? Until yeah. he retired. So, therefore, I think Kobe's the go, right? Like, no. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. He is the first one to do it. He is the first one to change basketball for what it is now. He changed the shoe game. He changed everything. And the reason why basketball is as big as it is right now is because of three people, and that's Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan. And I think uh, we can both agree while we end this podcast that Michael is the greatest of all time. And Kobe, RIP, you are a generational talent. And, you know a mentor to so many and you know the greatest thing since michael jordan i think we both can agree on that uh sad to see what happened with him and his daughter and you know he's gonna live on through all of us that watched him and i hope you younger generation go do your research on kobe go watch some highlights go watch what he was about I'm a Celtics fan and I hated Kobe for so long just because he was on the Lakers, but you always respected his game. Yep. So and we can end it with that. RIP Kobe. And, and not just that, not just that. Uh, you also have to like, look at like Kobe was not just inspirational to sports, not just inspirational to basketball. Kobe Bryant was inspirational to life period. True. The way he, you know, presented himself, the way that he uh, fought things, the way that he got back up and he didn't let people bring him down, not even when a crowd said something or not even when, you know, know, uh, charges came up, not even when all the BS came up that, you know, hit him and everything. He just got right back up. I've never seen someone tear his Achilles and hit two free throws. Exactly. He had that mentality. He wanted to be great. And he was great. He was an all-time generational star. Yep. And, you know, I don't think there will ever be another like him. Or Jordan. And I feel like if you're going to do research on basketball players, you know, the two people that you got to look up is Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Because they weren't just... Like I said before, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it a thousand times to you guys. He wasn't just, they weren't just inspirational to basketball, to sports. They were inspirational to life. Yep. I think that's, uh, that's fair to say, Um, you know, Michael and Kobe. And and we're just lucky. We're we're lucky enough to still have Michael. Yep. We're We're lucky enough to even see him. Exactly. Yep. Yep, greatest of all time, man. All right. Well, let's end with that one. So, everybody, just let you know, we are running our own Discord right now. Uh, We are running an Instagram, a TikTok. We're running a YouTube video. Running it all just for you guys. Come chill out. Come vibe out. You know, 
come see what the Nicholas life is all about, the Nicholas way. Um, Bobby, you want to add anything? Yeah, yeah. just, uh, you know, come check us out. Like uh, I said in the previous podcast we have on YouTube, we have a wide variety of sports. Uh, you can go from wrestling, you can go to MMA, you can go to, you know, NBA, NFL, MLB, and we'll sprinkle in some hockey if you guys want that. And um, we are open to you guys commenting on all this and debating us on who you think the greatest of all time is in the NBA. Please um, do. Until you lose. <laughs> like, definitely please do that. <laughs> but I will end that with till next time, followers. I'm CJ. I'm Bobby. And this is Live Zone Sports. Thank you, everybody. See you later.